Hi, and welcome to another episode of Persuasion in High Finance. So just a reminder, in this season of our podcast, we are presenting a new persuasion or sales or negotiation tool, whatever you want to call it, in every episode, and the new scenario within financial services in every episode as well. So we recommend that you watch these episodes in order, because each episode builds on the previous one. So in this episode, we are going to have two techniques total, and we will use them for two distinct situations. So sit back, relax, and welcome to Persuasion in High Finance. So as mentioned, in this episode, we are going to build on the previous one. So we have a new technique and a new situation. Our new technique this time is a positioning one, a technique to have more authority since the beginning. And our new roleplay this time will be very fun. It will be a compensation negotiation or a bonus negotiation, which is never a sensitive topic, is it? So this is going to be fun, for sure. And we will also revisit both our last technique and our last situation as well. But before proceeding, let me just mention in 10 seconds some useful resources first. So before diving deep into the content, I just want to mention very quickly in 10 seconds that I have available multiple video courses on all the topics that we're going to cover here. Persuasion, negotiation, banking, hedge funds, debt agreements, whatever it is. I've built this body of knowledge, which may be interesting in case you want to expand your knowledge on the topics covered in this episode. And in case you are actually looking for an executive coach or an executive trainer to help you with these techniques, find my booking page at coachingbooking.com with a lot of testimonials from a lot of happy customers. With this out of the way, let's dive right into our new technique and our new situation. But before that, let's summarize what we've learned in the previous episode. So in the past episode, we covered the psychological principle of implementation intention. That is, when you ask someone about the details of how to do something, they are more likely to do it. You force them to visualize it in specific. How would you vote? How would you buy? How would you promote me? How would you accept this clause? And so on. In the last episode, additionally, the roleplay that we've covered was a debt agreement one. That is, you're negotiating a credit agreement whether as a lender or a buyer, and you use this principle to negotiate specific clauses. What would it take for you to change this covenant? How can we make this different definition of a bit the work? And so on. In this episode, we are going to be introducing a new tool, in this case, a framing tool, to frame yourself with more authority and credibility. And that tool is the mnemonic of the first, the best, or the only. In other words, when you can be one of these, the first at something, the best at something, or the only at something, you have more authority and you're more persuasive. The new roleplay that we are going to introduce is the roleplay of a trader bonus negotiation. That is, you're a trader trying to negotiate a higher bonus or any other perk in terms of compensation in a fund. Or maybe you're on the other side of the table as a fund manager that is trying to not give out a high bonus. We'll cover both. So let's dive deep into the technique first. So the first, the best, or the only. If you can frame yourself as one of these, you already go a long way in seeming someone with more authority and you become more persuasive. For example, 
Let's say that you are a fund manager. Are you the first fund manager? For example, the first fund manager using a specific strategy? Or the first fund manager to reach 20% returns in a given year? Are you the best fund manager? For example, the best fund manager in a given country or city? Or naturally, being the only fund manager at something is also good. You're exclusive. For example, the only fund manager with traders with a specific track record. Now, the key here is that even if you're not the first, the best, or the only at something, you can change the set of options until you are. For example, let's say you're a trader and you're not the best trader within your firm, but you are the best trader in the fixed income desk. So if the group of options that you're using is all traders, then you're not the best. But if the group of options are the fixed income traders, then you're one of the best or even the best. Or maybe the best trader this year or this month or whatever it is. So the key here is that you're selecting the universe of options that you want until you're either the first, the best, or the only at something. Or even if you're not the first, you can be one of the first, and so on. Because that's not as good, but it's still good. So ideally, you want to be the first, the best, or the only at something. But if you can't be that, you can still be one of the first, one of the best, or one of the only. And if you find a way to be one of these three, you will have a big boost to your persuasive power. So now that we have the theory of our technique, let's take a look at how to actually apply it, both to our new situation, but also our previous one. It's roleplay time. So let's dive right into the roleplay as a trader. I'm a trader that wants a bigger bonus, so I want to find that framing. Maybe I'm the first trader to have joined the fund, or one of the first traders, or maybe I'm the first trader to have used a certain strategy, and so on. Or maybe I'm the best trader, such as being the best trader in terms of collaborating with the analysts. Or maybe I'm the only trader at something. For example, I may be the only trader in a fund that does idea generation for a given strategy, or even the only trader that does idea generation in this specific portfolio. So let's assume, for example, that I examine all of these variations and I reach the conclusion that I'm the best trader in a fund at a relative value strategy. So that's my framing. And remember that we will use the previous technique as well of the implementation intention, asking the person about how to do it. So a full roleplay would be something like, I go to my fund manager and I say, hey John, I'm the best trader in terms of relative value strategies, or I'm the best trader, and I would like to explore having a higher bonus. So maybe the fund manager is open, maybe they're not. So then I start focusing on the implementation. Tell me, what would it take for me to have a higher bonus? And the fund manager may say, well, we would need more just besides performance, other factors. So then I can insist, okay, and maybe I'm good at model generation, for example. I generate good models that can even be used by other analysts. So I say, okay, what would it take for my own model generation to merit an increase in the bonus? And maybe the fund manager says, well, it would need to fulfill these criteria or that specific criterion. I would need to sit down and analyze it and so on. So I can keep insisting, well, okay, tell me what it would take for you to analyze those criteria and consider it enough. And maybe they reply, oh, I would just need to schedule a time in the calendar, take a look at it, etc. And again, you can go as deep as you want here, the implementation prison. So this can be enough 
Or I can even keep going and ask, okay, what would be necessary for you to place that meeting on the books, perform that analysis, and check that I fulfill the criteria for a higher bonus? So remember, what we're doing is we're making the person visualize in higher and higher detail how it is to give us what we want. And the higher the level of detail that they visualize it in, the higher the chances that they will end up doing it. So to sum it up, I start with a strong framing. By framing myself, in this case, as the best trader in a strategy. And I keep insisting with the principle of implementation intention. If I'm the fund manager, I would do the opposite. I would frame myself, for example, as the first fund manager of this fund, or the best fund manager for a given amount of assets under management, or the best fund manager at compliance in specific, or the best fund manager at portfolio construction, whatever it is, something that would improve my authority in not just being the boss. And then, during the negotiation, I would use implementation intention. What would it take for you to accept this bonus in specific? Tell me what other factors would make you accept this bonus quantity and still be happy. And you force the other side to be the one to come up with a solution. Now, let's review our previous roleplay, the credit agreement. We have two tools this time. So first, we would use the framing. Let's say I'm the lender. Am I the first lender in this niche? For example, the first mezzanine debt lender in France, for example, or the first mezzanine debt lender for middle market corporate companies in specific? Or am I the best, for example, one of the best mezzanine lenders in Europe? Or am I the only, for example, the only lender for this type of debt in this country or during this time period? And again, we can change the set of options until we are the first, the best, or the only at something or if not the first, one of the first, and so on. So for example, I may not be the best distressed debt investor in Europe, but I may be the best distressed debt investor in Germany in specific, or the best distressed debt investor in Germany for middle market companies in specific, and so on. I go as deep as I want until I'm the first, the best, or the only. So we use that to establish a strong framing, and the rest is just like in the previous episode. It's about the implementation. So I go in and I say something like, hey, we are one of the best distressed debt providers for middle market corporate debt, and we would like to buy this debt from you. For example, if buying a loan from another investor. So what would it take for you to lower the price? Or if I'm negotiating with the actual borrower, tell me what it would take for you to accept this specific covenant. Or tell me what you need to make it work. And naturally, a borrower would do the opposite. They could frame themselves as, for example, one of the first corporate borrowers to have worked with this type of debt and fully repaid it since decades ago. Or maybe I'm one of the borrowers in this country with the highest debt service coverage ratio, or whatever it is. I'm the first, the best, or the only at something. And then I use implementation as well. What would it take for you as a lender to reduce this interest coupon? Or tell me what you need for us to make it work with this debt quantity. So that's it for this episode. We currently have two persuasion techniques. One, to position yourself in a very strong way, and another, to get the other side to focus on how to do what you want them to do. And we've talked about how to leverage both in a trading compensation situation and a credit agreement negotiation. So don't miss next episode because we will have another technique and a whole new situation. And by the way, this was still a short episode, but they will start getting a little bit longer as we add more techniques and more situations. And before we close, let me just mention very quickly our available resources. 
So again, very quickly, you can find video courses by me on many of these topics. Just check the episode description for some links. Negotiation, persuasion, alternative assets, whatever it is. Or just Google me plus video courses. And in case you're looking for an executive coach or an executive trainer, find my booking page at coachingbooking.com where you can find both my calendar but also testimonials of happy executives. Thank you so much for listening. Don't miss our next episode in our new technique and situation. Thank you for listening and see you next time.